podcast. We're going to keep it quick today because you know what? This isn't just about helping you run a successful DJ business. It's trying to get you all through what's going on right now with COVID-19. Michael Leverest from New York is joining me next right here on the podcast. Hey folks, it's 2020. Are you starting to put the work together on how you're going to build your business this year? Are you looking to fill your weekday schedule or are you just looking to add some additional revenue for your DJ business? A couple of years ago, I had the pleasure of interviewing the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase from the WWE, who told me that if you continue to do the same things, you're going to continue to get the same results. So why not make a change and develop a new revenue stream for your company with the Bubble Parties Business Program? I, along with other DJs around the country, use this program to perform at kids' events and daycare centers using an easy-to-follow format that's fun and profitable. Plus, as a provider, we give you all the resources to get started and to become successful in your market, including limited territory protection, which allows us to be able to make you the rock star in your marketplace doing these shows. Are you going to continue to pursue the same events as your competitors this year, or are you going to set your company apart by offering something different. Learn more on how this can be profitable for you with our free special report at www.bubbleparties.com. Click the Become a Provider page to get this report that'll tell you how this can be a successful addition to your DJ business. Make 2020 your year to bubble with the Bubble Parties business program. Get the information today at bubbleparties.com. So, hey, folks, I don't know about you, but in my marketplace, every other trivia company I see out working today is one of those pen and paper guys. Now, nothing wrong with being a pen and paper guy, but if you're looking for something different to offer in bars and restaurants, check out Speed Quizzing Smartphone Trivia. It's really easy to integrate. It's really easy to use. And the cool thing about it is it allows your players to play in a fast-paced game if they're trivia junkies, they're going to love this because they're going to get their fill of trivia in a one or two hour show with you at the helm running this show and keeping the round moving. There's not a lot of gaps in between the questions because they have 10 seconds to answer. And the really cool thing about it is they use their smartphone to play, which means they're not going to use it to cheat. Speed quizzing smartphone trivia eliminates having to buy pens, having to make slips. It's all done right on the customer's smartphone, and it's easy to integrate into any computer system out there. Check it out today to learn more at speedquizzing.com. Well, folks, thanks for letting me pay some bills. And Mike is here. Michael Leverus from where in New York again are you? I'm in the Hudson Valley, Rob. We are uh, about 60 miles north of uh, New York City up the uh, New York State Thruway. So like yeah, halfway between New York City and Albany. Wow. And you guys right now, uh, obviously, you have a, a – is it a shelter in place or a stay at home? It's a – voluntary kind of stay at home if you're able to. Uh, virtually every non-essential business uh, has been closed, um, but, you know, state and local parks are still open. 
that are, you know, you can go out as long as you honor the social distancing rules um, and not gather in groups more than 10. Um, But yeah, pretty much everybody's at home and only going to the grocery stores, uh, your pharmacies, uh, you know, maybe medical facilities. And other than that, everything's pretty much closed right now. Wow. We're dealing with it up here in Boston as well. And part of bringing you on the show is I'm bringing in uh, a lot of different areas to be able to focus on this because I think, and and I can speak for myself, this by far, aside from 9-11, was probably one of the biggest things to happen to impact events in our industry in my lifetime. Again, besides 9-11, how do you feel about that? Um, I would agree. I mean, I'm a little younger than you. I'm 41. So I do remember, uh, you know, 9-11 vividly, you know, I was a working adult. Um, and remember that vividly and how kind of the world stopped and things didn't take place. And there was, you know, I, I always look to sports as a barometer of things. Cause it's one thing that gathers everyone together, regardless of your backgrounds or beliefs, And there were questions on whether, you know, should the NFL start playing games again? Should Major League Baseball resume? But, you know, for that seven to 10 day period, two weeks, things virtually stopped. And I've made that same thought that you brought up about the comparison to 9-11. And I look at it similarly, but with the kind of the caveat, or I think the thing that everyone realizes is that with that incident and with that tragedy, there was an eventuality that things would resume rather quickly once, you know, everything had been settled, we felt safe and that we were going to get back to normal life. This situation seems to have a little more of an open-ended, it doesn't kind of have a really defined end point on when things will resume. And I don't expect things to resume all at once. I think it's going to be a gradual, slow return to normalcy, you know, instead of only being limited to groups of 10 or less, it'll expand to 50. And I think it'll slowly, certain businesses will come back over time. So it's kind of a little different that you don't really have a feeling of, all right, let's get things back up and running. We just don't know how long we're going to be in this position for. I I agree that the mystery of how long this is all going to take is is definitely forefront on my mind. I'm sure it is yours too. I mean, uh, looking at my season when I got into, I had a pretty good, um, I had a pretty good plans going on. We had a lot of stuff going on uh, coming into this, and then the week before Mobile Beat, we began to see a lot of concerns, and when things eventually came to pass that they were uh, you know, canceling school and that following Monday and they had canceled mobile beat. And we just saw um, fortunately for us, and we're going to talk about how you and, and you and Josh and Matt and your business is handling all this in a second. I went and rescheduled, I've rescheduled about 29 different events. And there was one that because it was actually this past Sunday, Um, they weren't having it and they had paid in full. So we had negotiated how we were going to compensate them back. It was a, it was a judgment call. And I, I I guess this is where we'll start our discussion here. 
Uh, what kind of impact? I know you've got bars. I mean, I've got bars. I'm losing two fifty a week in profit just off my bars. But what kind of loss are you looking at? And you can get as specific or as vague as you need to be. And more importantly, how many have you had to reschedule? And do you have a blanket way that you guys are handling it, or is it a case by case? Um, the big picture, it's a case by case basis, um, for obviously first the month of March and obviously the month of April first towards the weekday bar events. You know, we hold, uh, four or five weekly trivia accounts with our local TGI Fridays locations. And it was pretty obvious and evident that once, once the, you know, the, the, cascade of cancellations, postponements, and social distancing things started to really ramp up and accelerate. We we spoke to each store and it was pretty much, you know, a foregone conclusion that even before they banned dine-in restaurant and bar service, but they would allow takeout and delivery, we kind of already knew that all right, we're gonna we're gonna shutter this. There's just no point in even attempting to try to host a trivia night when we kind of expected that nobody's going to come out anyway. Um, so our trivia accounts, yes, are on hiatus until further notice. Um, we are working on a couple of ideas about how to uh, engage our trivia fans and just our overall social media presence with trivia uh, online. Um, we, you know, we handled most of our private events, our weddings and bar and bat mitzvahs on a case-by-case basis. Um, thankfully and fortunately, I would say a 95 to 98% of them have all rescheduled to either future dates or dates to be determined. The few parties that we had cancel outright were kind of your smaller scale smaller budget events. We had a town recreation event, like a family fun night that got canceled. We had a, uh, a, a synagogue, a Jewish temple, uh, postpone a fundraising dinner trivia event that canceled. And those events had given us down payments, retainers to hold the date. We spoke with both of them about, uh, crediting them the retainer for a future date Um, and we've given them almost an open-ended window in terms of how long that credit is good for. I mean, we kind of told them 18 months to 24 months, but they can use that retainer credit for virtually anything they want, whether it's a similar event or a completely different event. Uh, their, their, their money in is good for pretty much two years. And look, we'll honestly go beyond that if need be. Um, but we're fortunate that the majority of our weddings and bar and bat mitzvahs, sweet 16s, the larger events have all rescheduled and not canceled outright. So we have not had a rash of refunds or having to return money. Did you find with the stuff that rescheduled the mitzvahs and the weddings in particular, did you find that they rescheduled within this year or are you finding that you're needing to look at your 2021 schedule a little bit more. Uh, yes, both actually. Um, as a perfect example, we had a bar mitzvah that was a little non-traditional. It was going to be held at the client's home under a tent on their property. And it was going to be in early April. She was kind of leaning towards, well, maybe I can still do this because it's on my public, pro- on my private property. 
but over the last couple of weeks as you know different executive orders from the governor came down and the situation and other parents feelings and fears she just said you know what we're going to postpone it and we're going to do it uh, a similar weekend next year and we've had other bar mitzvahs do something similar whether they postpone it to later in the year or next year same thing with weddings i just had a wedding for the middle of may who's really on the edge of whether things may open up again or not and she decided that we're going to postpone the wedding she didn't give a specific date yet i think they just wanted to confirm with us and their other vendors what the status of their retainer fees and contractually where they're going to end up and i think they're going to let the dust settle for a little while but again, all of our clients, any monies in will be credited fully to any future date, uh, regardless of time of year. And we're fortunate being a multi-op company. We have currently six headliners on staff. We have two that we were about to bring online, but we've placed on hold during the current situation. So even in the event that maybe they can't get the exact entertainer that they were contracting for if they pick a particular busy day we can at least accommodate them with another entertainer from our company trained by us that we can accommodate see that's the cool thing about being multi is we've got that flexibility which i think you know it's a great position to be in and throughout this process we're reaching out to some of the single ops to say listen you know if you're in a pinch you give us a call We've we'll help. Rob, Rob, we had, uh, you know, it's funny you bring that up. We had brought that up to a few of our fellow DJs here in the Hudson Valley who we have a tight knit group. I mean, there's lots of DJs here. Some we have a closer relationship than others, but the ones we have really close relationships with that we network and talk with regularly, we reached out to all of them and said, Hey, look, if, you being a single op, if you are in a jam and you are running out of your dates, your inventory of availability for your clients, reach out to us, whether it's a need for talent, whether it's a need for extra gear or photo booths, or even if you need us to cover the entire event, we're happy to help you. And we're even working enough with these other vendors if they need it and offered that you know, I know some DJs might offer and say, hey, just take the balance if it's agreeable to you. We're actually trying to work with other single ops saying, we don't even want to take the entire balance. I mean, we might take a large portion of it for performing the event, but we want those DJs to still be able to recoup or get some of the cash flow from that event so they're not completely losing all their revenue. And I think it's important that everybody has to make sacrifices and do their part to help their neighbor out and help others out. So if a DJ says to us, Hey, the remaining balance on this wedding is a thousand dollars and I can't do it. Well, if they come to us to do it, we might say, give us seven fifty or 800 of it. And you take 200, 250, take a chunk for yourself. Smart business, especially behind the scenes, you know, we're an ultra competitive industry. And when it does come right down to it, uh, the fact that you're willing to, and you know, I share the same, the same respect. We're all in this together. And at the end of the day, if we help each other out, it comes back as, and it might not come back in a form of another gig, 
but it comes back is that you know you can call these people if you're in a pinch per se. I mean, being multi-ops, it's rare for us to be in a pinch and be in the position of having to call for help, but you just never know that if that's going to come about. I mean, I have a, my phone is, and you've, you know, you've seen it when we've, we've hung out. My phone is, I probably have 10 family contacts and everybody else in there are DJs. Oh, yeah. For that particular reason, um, it's, I guess there's a lot of learning lessons here. So I want to jump over to that. What's the big thing you learned about your business or about um, the way you're handling this? What's the biggest lesson you're taking away from this? Um, I would say that planning, budgeting. Um, I'm a former Boy Scout. I used to be a summer camp scout counselor and i always you know follow the motto of be prepared be prepared that's right be, be prepared and fortunately with the kind of senior management structure of our company with josh lask his brother matt and myself we've been able to have a business that has been structured in a way that uh we're able to kind of weather this storm probably a little bit better than single ops or people that maybe do this more as a side hustle. So we're in a solid position where even if this goes for a little bit longer, we're going to come out on the other side and still be viable, still be successful and still be able to experience growth. Um, I've also, I've always felt this way, um, even before this situation, but I've also noticed it even more so being upfront and forthright and compassionate for your clients and your customers and speaking truth in these days is really important. There's no sense in trying to hide or cover up or walk around, you know, kind of talk around the situation. Everybody knows that everybody is struggling in some way, shape, or form and some people more than others. And if you're compassionate about that and you're forthright and talk truthfully about it, it eases people. It shows that you understand like them what we're all going through and you can work together and work out a solution better. Um, I, you know, If you have a panicked bride worried about it and if you can speak truthfully to her and explain to her that we have the resources to accommodate your event at a later date. We have the talent to do it. We're going to be here for you and we want to help you. It eases them a little bit knowing that, wow, this guy's going to go out of his way to accommodate us and help us out. Even with clients, um, you know, obviously we have a payroll to meet and we have budgets to meet, you know, for certain things. A few of our clients who have postponed and rescheduled events, uh, we don't have under normal, I mean, under normal circumstances, we certainly have, you know, a change of date clause. Like if someone books us for a date and changes, there would be a penalty for that in normal circumstances. We're not going to do that now, obviously. But what we are asking clients like, hey, you've got a balance of $1,500. We're happy to move it at no charge, no penalties. But would you, are you in a position, can you put down another 250 bucks towards your event? Main, and we'll tell them flat rate, uh, flat out, it helps us, you know, 
take care of our staff and take care of our needs as well. We're not asking for full payment or 50% of that remaining amount. Is there something you can give? And a little trickle of cash will go a long way. Have you, and we can use this as a little bit of a learning discussion, have you had to be creative with some of your couples? Let me explain. I have a couple who's getting married and they're getting, they're getting close to the wedding date. It's getting close to that May time period. And what they're talking about doing is they want to do something small and like at City Hall and they want me to come in and play and do the DJ for City Hall. And then at a later date, do the reception. Have you had any circumstances like that? And then what I'll do is I'll share what we're doing for them. Uh, but I want to bounce that off you and, and see, have you had any circumstances like that? Or has it basically been they've just moved their event and that's the end of the conversation? Uh, as of right now, it's been pretty straightforward. Uh, um, we want to reschedule a date. What do you have available? Um, and mainly just us reminding our clients if they hadn't done so already, you know, make sure you're talking to your venue, your caterer, and your photographer and your other big vendors. Get, you know, three or four dates of availability that you're looking at from everybody and then kind of cross-reference them to see which dates match up for everybody. So it's pretty been pretty much been straightforward of, we're going to postpone to a future date. What do you have available? This is what works with our, our venue and great. Let's put it on the calendar. Best of luck to you. You know, if you need us, we are here. That's been pretty much the extent of where we're at. The, the outside the box and creative things have come, have been through us trying to create some out outside the box ideas while we're kind of holed up here. Yeah, and that's that's a whole other discussion we'll get to in a minute. In this particular case, um, we had a conversation. She really wants to keep her wedding date. There's sentimental value there, which is a very unique circumstance, and they don't want to delay it a year. So what we agreed to do is we will go do the city hall date for them. They're willing to pay an extra two fifty on top of what we're already charging them to do that and we're going to carry over the fees and everything and make a split of it so when they book the reception the rest of that fee will be applied there so it, it was really creative and it was it was very interesting but it's good to know that uh, i'm the only one with a unique circumstance like that so far the people i've talked to but i think they're out there and i think it's important and what's really nice and you and i are on the same page on this being compassionate isn't even close to the word I want to get to here, but doing this on a case by case basis and talking to these couples and working with them. I, uh, I've been interviewed on and off over the past few weeks and we're recording this towards the end of March. And I found a couple of instances in some of the chats and I don't know how much of that you look at. I look at it at least once or twice a day where there are people in our industry who are standing by their cancellation clauses and not working with their customers to give that money back or apply it to a different date. I'm not saying you have to give it back, but they're not willing to work with their customers. And I'm hitting myself in the head going, guys, we could do better than this. 
And, you know, this, this in the time where if you do one thing wrong at a wedding, it's on Wedding Wire or The Knot or Yelp or whatever they're going to go to in the next week. Um, and, and we can't be like that. It's funny how um, there are a couple of rare ducks out there that I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to stand behind their contract, but this isn't your typical scenario. And I think that gets overlooked a lot. But uh, anyway, I digress. I don't want to grandstand on it for too much longer. As you, um, as most of our listeners know, you are involved with DJ Times and uh, the Entertainer of the Year competition. And um, we've talked about uh, last year and how things went. And obviously, we're, we're looking ahead. And I think that's the big thing we have to do as an industry is look ahead. And that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to because uh, I'm one of the few people they announced is speaking at DJ Times this year. And I'm assuming that you and Jake are making preparations for Entertainer of the Year. Is there anything you can share? Sure. Um, oh, all right. Good. Yes. And, you know, I, like you, Rob, am looking forward to the DJ Expo in Atlantic City. Uh, you know, I was not planning this year to attend Mobile Beat Las Vegas, um, which, you know, would have happened, you know, last week, the week before. Um, but I, I suspect that for those, you know, DJs that do both and travel to both conventions, uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, anticipation and excitement to have another national DJ gathering considering one got canceled because of the current situation. There's going to be a lot of excitement uh, for August and uh, we're looking forward to it as well. So the, the couple of the changes that uh, Jake and I have in the hopper or things that we can announce. Uh, the first thing is we definitely know that the entertainer of the year will be back at the golden nugget. Now, uh, the nightclub, the first year we were at the Golden Nugget, it was called Haven. And then for a variety of reasons outside of our purview, we didn't call the nightclub Haven last year, but it was the same building. Um, we are going back to that building, but it actually has a name now. It's called the Wave Bar or Wave Bar, I think. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be in there. I've done a preliminary check of the website and a few photos they have up it looks pretty much like the same venue it looks like they've made some decor changes and some uh interior design changes but for the most part the room is the same venue uh jake and i are excited and happy and pleased that we're going to be back there because the technical capabilities of the room from a production standpoint the layout of the room uh we're very happy with what it provides us for the evening. And thankfully we are very confident that the staff that will be provided by the Nate club will be nightlife specific staff. Last year, the staffing that was provided by the golden nugget was not Haven nightclub staff. It was other hotel staff filling those roles, which added to some issues we had with the venue. We won't have that problem this year. Um, another thing that we can announce is, and this is probably the big one, uh, we are going to be streamlining and going digital with the scoring. Uh, we are developing um, and creating a uh, computerized way to tabulate 
the scores digitally. So all the, all the numbers just have to be entered in. The computer will add up the scores for us. And we're going to have two independent judges with identical programs inputting the judge's scoring information so we can cross-check that information before it's announced as to who has won what. So is the judging panel still going to have the same is – it, is it going to be the same number of judges on the panel? Have you made changes to that to streamline that a little bit more? Or um, have, you, have you taken some other factors into consideration when it comes to picking the judges? Or is that all remaining the same? Uh, yes and no. The, the number of judges will still probably remain at eight. The one of the requirements we've always had with our judges is that they have been former DJ slash entertainer of the year finalists, meaning they understand, they know what it takes to be on that stage and put yourself through that type of microscope. So we still want our judges to be people who have put themselves out there in that situation um, the one change on the judging side of things is that we're going to revamp and kind of streamline the scorecards. One thing that I had noticed last year in reviewing what had happened is that as easy as you would think it should be and looking at a scorecard, as I was going through and doing my own math on it, I could see spots where there would be confusion or or a, a, a spot for an error or a mistake and where they could be eliminated. So we're going to make the judges' scorecards easier for them to enter their scores. And then when that number is put into the computer, if it's meant to be, you know, half points here or, uh, you know, deductions, the computer will do it for us. Um, so we want to make that easy for the judges. Um, but we also want to make it easy for the scorekeepers in the back who are sequestered, easy for them to simply follow along, type it in, and it can be cross-checked by two, you know, two independent people. It sounds like you've definitely got your work cut out for you this year. When can DJs start to apply to be a contestant? They can start now. It's funny you bring that up. Jake and I had uh, planned on and had recorded or attempted to record a Skype video chat we had done to discuss some of these things. And for whatever reason, on my end, because I'm the editor of the video footage and the, and the content, the recording did not appear in my Skype uh, chat profile with Jake. And so the, the content was lost. And then Literally three or four days later, this coronavirus outbreak occurred and we felt, you know what, it's probably not an appropriate time to start hyping up the DJ Expo when people are scrambling with their personal lives and their businesses. Um, but now this time of year, if you're an entertainer and you've thought about competing and want to be a part of it, you've got time on your hands, you're at home, you're trying to think outside the box and be creative and do something new. Start coming up with that interactive game, icebreaker, line dance, anything that you would like to showcase your talents with. Now's the time to work it out and create it. And all the first, anyone that wants to 
submit themselves as a possible finalist just has to email us at EOTYcontest at gmail.com. So EOTY for Entertainer of the Year, contest at gmail.com. And Jake and I will get the email and it needs to contain three things for us to consider. It needs to have a brief description of who you are and what you're planning on doing. It needs to have um, a headshot, a, a fairly good, decent quality headshot of the person. And we'd love to see, you know, 30 seconds to a minute of you executing your performance. And it does not have to be a video representation from an actual event that you're on. If you want to record your video in your driveway, your basement, your garage, your office, your living room, we don't care where the performance is. We want to see the work parts and see what you're bringing to the table. We can, Jake and I have done this long enough. We've both been in the contest. Um, we can evaluate pretty quickly watching a video as, as simple and as low tech as that is off an iPhone or a Samsung or a home video camera. We can pretty evaluate, evaluate pretty quickly. Yes, this person's got what it takes and has something that would be exciting for the competition. So. DJs, you've got and entertainers, you've got time, you're at home. Uh, let's bring the wow factor. Come up with something and submit it to EOTYcontest at gmail.com. We'll put that in our show notes. So um, definitely sounds like, you know, I, I wanted to bring that up, Mike, because honestly, I, I think we need something to look forward to at this point. And Rob, uh, I got something else that's really cool that we're going to do that's a little different. You're going to make me one of the judges. No, I can't say that yet. Oh. <laughs> Jake and I discuss uh, judges a little bit later in the calendar year, and obviously this calendar year is going to be a little different than usual. Um, but one thing that we're going to do that we think is really cool, usually for the people who are chosen as the 10 to 12 finalists for Entertainer of the Year, on Wednesday morning of the DJ Expo, they're usually required to come to a finalists meeting at the club where the event will take place. And at that meeting, we do a quick walkthrough, let them see the venue and give them a few instructions. But it's also the time where those competitors pull the numbers out of a hat to determine the batting order. Mm -hmm. What we're going to do is we're going to do the batting order pull and pick the numbers at the Monday night kickoff party at the pool. And it's going to be that way for a couple of reasons. The first reason is it gives all the finalists an opportunity to be recognized in front of their peers before the competition on Wednesday, shine a little light on them. Mm -hmm. It allows them to get their batting order in their heads much earlier in the week. They're not finding out Wednesday morning and then 10, 12 hours later, having to compete in that position. So they've got a few days to mentally prepare for maybe being first, second, 10th, 11th, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then finally, for a selfish reason, it gives us another, a, a natural break point in the pool party if we need to bring up a different entertainer, if Casper's if DJ Casper's taking a break and we're doing a video DJ set. So it just gives us a natural break point in the pool party to you know move the production along and make sure everything's uh, lined up the way we needed to for the next element great 
Well, it sounds like you guys have your work cut out for you. I think it's going to be a great uh, thing to look forward to. And like you said, I think the industry is going to be looking forward to, you know, there are a couple of, of ones regionally um, with national poll with Midwest DJs live and arms DJ, but for DJ expo, I think that's going to be something that uh, it, every DJ is going to be looking forward to. And uh, of course I'm looking forward to seeing you and Jake. And as we get closer, I'm sure we'll be bringing one, if not the both of you back on so that we can talk now, about this a little bit more. Now, Rob, before you go and before we wrap up, I know you're a huge NASCAR fan. Oh, but, more than you know. But being that you are in New England and in their backyard, I know you didn't talk about this on your last podcast with Jerry Bizzotta. Mm -hmm. What is your feeling or what is the mood in New England as the GOAT goes to Tampa? <laughs> I've been interviewed five times and I haven't had to do this. Um, my <laughs> view... I said it earlier that I'm a NASCAR fan and that's really where it's at. I kind of predicted he wasn't going to stay. I think the the mood is mixed. I got to be honest with you. There were a lot of us that really thought that, that Tom Brady was going to uh, go right from the, the day that he played the last game. I, I could just tell there was something not right about the situation and knowing certain things that he's done over the years and the benefit of the team I also know that he's looking for something more than just a good team around him to play. The money's got to be there. And how does that work here in New England with all the other stuff they've got going on? So uh, I, I was shocked he went to Tampa Bay. I got to be honest with you. I was calling that he was going to Las Vegas. That would have been an interesting moment, uh, uh, change in scenery is that if he had gone from cold New England to you know, Sin City, Las Vegas, that would have been an interesting move. But I looked at the the Tom Brady scenario as, and me being a delusional, crazy New York Rangers and hockey fan, <laughs> I, I kind of compared it a little bit to the Wayne Gretzky trade from 1988. I mean, that was an earth-shattering sports moment when Wayne Gretzky was traded from Edmonton to the LA Kings. And Gretzky had even admitted in a documentary about the moment that he felt like, hey, I have done everything for this city. I've brought you four Stanley Cup championships. I want to get paid. And he kind mm -hmm. of said, you know, I've done a lot for this franchise. And, yeah, I want to be the highest paid player in hockey. They were a small market. There was no salary cap at the time, but the team just knew that there's no way we can do that. And I think he wanted – a new challenge, a new environment, a new uh, – he wanted to continue to grow the game, and he really wasn't – even though you could say, oh, well, that was greedy, he truly ushered in a new era in hockey and created hockey popularity in Sunbelt, you know, southern locations and locales. But that was the only analogy I could come up with of, of a player similar in stature moving on from a situation. And – just like Gretzky, Brady had made a lot of sacrifices contractually to uh, do right by the Patriots. And I think he wanted a new challenge, a new environment, and he wanted to get paid some big bucks. Not and that he hadn't already. And let's be honest, we're both up here in the Northeast. We know that winters generally, and I say generally, 
they're not fun up here. No. Being down in Tampa Bay, I mean, like I said, my prediction was was Vegas because there's plenty of room on that strip for a TB12 kind of thing. You know what I mean? And um, I, that I figured that was probably the smart move. And where my smart money would have been is on them because it's a brand new stadium. You're bringing in a team from out of town. You need a draw to, and that stadium is gorgeous, by the way. When I was out there for PBX, I drove by it, and it is it's a work of art. It really is. And uh, I thought that's where he was going, but uh, you know, let's put it this way: I have a lot of friends in Florida. Um, they are welcome to invite me down to go take in a Bucks game, and and I'll still wear my Patriots stuff, even though I'm a NASCAR guy. There will be, you know, a uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. hat somewhere in the wardrobe for that trip. But uh, yeah, uh, I, you know, like I said, I knew he was going from the last game. Like I could just tell that. You know, there was, of course, you're going to play close to the chest and, and keep people guessing. I, I think the manner in which I, th- this deal's been in the works for a while, the manner yeah. in which he played it, he probably, you know, probably could have been handled differently, but that's a PR uh, conversation for another time, you know? Well, I just figured it, uh, you know, fun to get your take from being a New Englander. And I'm sorry to all the DJs probably thinking these guys just went into a sports talk radio show. <laughs> That's all right. Listen, people have been waiting for me to 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 share this stuff. You you cracked me, believe it or not. I've been on uh in the past week I've been on every uh I was been on with John Young once. I was doing Mobile Beat. And uh the funny thing is 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 people have tried to rib me about it before we went on and I'm like, I, you know, I make it clear on Facebook. I'm a NASCAR guy. I will root for the Patriots because they are my home team from where I'm from. But at the end of the day, if there's a NASCAR race and a Patriots game both on on the same day, I'm watching the NASCAR race. That's just who I am. Well, that, well, that's me with hockey. Hockey yep. will win out over every other sport. I hear you. Well, listen, Mike, you know what? I, I really appreciate having you on and being able to have a, a discussion a little bit to share with other DJs about how companies are handling everything that's going on right now. And I think you and I are on the same page when it comes to we just want to get back to work as soon as possible in the interest of our clients and our businesses. Absolutely. And Rob, anytime you want me back on to uh, update and uh, see where things stand, uh, you know me, just ask and I'm happy to do it. Well, I think we're going to bring you guys back uh, and bring you and Jake back. I'd love to do um, you know, a conversation with the both of you as we get closer to August so that you guys can really spell out what, what's to be expected and wh- what we're going to be doing for Entertainer of the Year. So uh, we'll definitely set that up and I appreciate your time today. Thank you for uh, being on. My pleasure. Talk to you soon, Rob. Listen, thanks everybody for listening to the show this week. There'll be another episode coming at your ears real soon. I'm Rob Peters. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Mobile DJ Business Podcast. Give us your ideas for future guests, questions, or topics, or just stay informed about upcoming episodes on our Facebook page or visit www.mobiledjpodcast.biz. The Mobile DJ Business Podcast is a production of Rob Peters Entertainment, all rights reserved.